At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you have experienced social anxiety in your life, you may not realize that there is a connection between anxiety or really mental health in general with the food that we eat. And one of the things that I talk to my clients all the time is having and developing a healthy nutrition is so vital to their mental health. So today we're going to be talking about social anxiety, making that connection with nutrition. And so the title of this episode is From Living with Social Anxiety to Becoming a Certified Nutrition Coach with Mark Metry. Very excited for this. Stay tuned right after this. Welcome back to the Mental Health Today show. My name is John Cordray. I am a licensed therapist and the host of this show. And today I am delighted to bring to you a very special guest. His name is Mark Metry. And let me just tell you a little bit about his amazing bio. So Mark has been featured in over 250 podcasts in media like Forbes Magazine, Mid-Valley, Influencer, Inc. Magazine, HuffPost, Fearless Motivation, and Spartan. He actually has a podcast, and it's called The Mark Metry Show, and has received over 75 million views. Amazing. Mark's podcast hit number 96 of top podcasts in the world with Tim Ferriss, NPR, Lewis House, and Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Mark, Mark was recently chosen as LinkedIn's top 10 voice in mental health with over, get this, over 100,000 followers on LinkedIn alone. He is a two-time TEDx speaker, and he is a coach and best-selling author of Screw Being Shy. Mark, welcome to the show. What an intro, John. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I appreciate you asking. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so I want to get right into this. The title has social anxiety in it. And you're not a therapist yourself, is that correct? That's correct. No medical license. Okay. So tell me a little bit then, did you ever experience social anxiety in your life? Yeah. You know, I was that kid growing up who like didn't have any friends who often sat in the back of the classroom. And I lived like that for like almost a decade of my life growing up. And it wasn't until I was about 18 years old where I went off to college and I subsequently started to face like different issues, like different physical health problems. I started to like face like really severe depression. I started to face insomnia. I couldn't go to sleep at night, couldn't wake up in the morning. And like my lifelong social anxiety that I always had really just like transformed into like social isolation. I like just kind of stopped talking to my family, my friends. And, uh, you know, life became very dark and I kind of reached this level of rock bottom in my life where I just, I literally had no idea like what to do with my life. Like life just became like so painful and so unbearable that, you know, eventually like in 2015, 
I got to a point where I was like contemplating suicide and then I it's like a whole story and I would go for walks at nighttime at like 3 a.m. And ultimately it was me experiencing that that really kind of shocked my system and really began to sort of get me to understand that I need help and there's got to be just a different way to operate in life. Like there's got to be a different like manual for my brain that I need to learn. And so like after those years, like, you know, month after month, year after year, I started to become healthier. I went to therapy. I started to read different books. I started to learn how to eat healthy. I started to meditate. I started to do all these different habits that we all know. And eventually that got me to the spot where in 2020, like literally right before COVID shut down everything, I was like, I got to write a book. I got to talk about this because I was like a big speaker in like the whole like marketing entrepreneurial industry. And like what I noticed was that at the end of all my talks, there would always be at least like one person in every single city that I visited and I spoke at and they would like wait for me to to be done talking at the end of the event as I was leaving and they would walk up to me and and I could tell they definitely, you know, had some degree of social anxiety just like I did and they'd ask me the same question they they'd say hey Mark how did you go from someone who didn't have any friends was always shy was always socially anxious their entire life to like being able to be a speaker and be confident and have energy and and do the things that you want to do and that just kept on happening to me so often. I'm like, I've got to talk about this. And that's really where I would say like my passion for for mental health and kind of understanding like how I health myself over the years really just started to compound. And like on top of that, I also ended up starting a podcast in that process where, you know, it led me to interviewing over like 300 people. Some of these people are are doctors, therapists psychologists, neuroscientists, people from all different like fields of of life, all kind of relating towards mental health that, you know, and and plus like I'm a pretty young guy. And so I just started to kind of realize like I've got to talk about this stuff because I almost feel like I have a responsibility to my position just like for other people, you know, and uh, I'm always trying to learn like this year I'm I'm like in the process of getting my certification for becoming a nutrition coach because I honestly like just what I've seen over like the last several years, like, and then just for me and myself and my skill set and what I'm interested in, like, I honestly think that mental health is like such a complicated subject, you know? And a lot of times, like, people don't know where to start. And after all these years and after looking at my own experience, I've come to learn that, like, nutrition, just like the simple act of having someone to like focus truly on like what they're eating that can change someone's entire life. That literally can create a compound effect that can lead them to making small change over small change over small change every day. And when I look back to my story, like in 2015, when I had no idea what mental health was, I had no idea what anxiety was. And yet it was what I was facing every day. And I was like overweight. I was obese at the time. And literally the one thing for me that I just started doing was like, I got to eat healthy. And I started to learn. And that kind of set a a chain reaction that kind of led me to where I am today. And so I've just tried to like take my, my story and my experiences, and I'm trying to put them in a way where, you know, I can help other people and, and people can look at my journey and, you know, not necessarily model it, but, you know, it's it's been a crazy journey. At least thanks for listening, John. Yeah. (laughs) Well, 
just amazing to listen to all of that and all the the experience that you have been able to do. And as you were talking, I was wondering if there was a time in, in your life that, and I call them defining moments, was there a defining moment when it clicked for you that, yeah, you had the social anxiety, it had a lot of control over you, you were obese, you were withdrawing from people, but was there a defining moment that it just clicked for you? It's like something's got to change and this is what I need to do. Yeah, you know, and and when I look back at it, there were like many, many moments like that. And and like one of them that comes to mind is that so when I was suicidal, like one of the things that I did was in the place that I was living in Boston at the time, there was like a neighboring city that, you know, definitely like had its problems, had a lot of crime, had a lot of like gang violence. And I remember what I would do is like I would go for, for walks at nighttime in those areas and I would just like hope that were like someone would try to walk up to me and kill me. And I remember on one of those nights when I was walking, you know, something just sort of clicked in me where I was sort of walking, I was looking down and my brain was sort of like running this automatic script that I didn't really know it was happening at the time, but it was just sort of these underlying thoughts that were telling me like, you know, like, oh, I want to do this, but then, oh no, I can't do that because, you know, someone like me, can't do this, or, you know, I guess I'm going to be stuck like this forever, or, you know, no matter how much I try, I can never get out of this. And I had all like these repeating thoughts in my head. And on one of these nights where I was walking, I don't really know what happened. I've had other people try to explain it to me, but on one of these nights where I'm walking, I just like sort of gained a moment of clarity where I was like, wait, these things that I'm feeling this is like information that my own brain is telling me. And like when I had like that very small realization, that was like the beginning of me sort of understanding a new paradigm of life, which is basically like, you know, a lot of people, I think, especially in this case, you know, especially that haven't been taught a lot about mental health. A lot of the times, like, you know, when you look at social anxiety, it's like, what is social anxiety caused by? Obviously depends on the person, but social anxiety is basically caused by, you know, bullying, discrimination, being picked on, looking different compared to anybody else. So a lot of it is based on like past trauma. There's also like different brain factors. And so a lot of people like me living in this situation, you wake up every day and like your brain is constantly telling you this information. Every time you walk into a public scenario, a social setting, your brain is like flooding you with this information that is basically freezing like your own sense of like free will to decide and do what you want. And I think like the first step of that is understanding that this is all happening inside of your brain. And I don't mean to like be dismissive and tell someone like, oh, this is all inside of your head or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that based on how your brain captured the past, your brain is then repeating the past to yourself. And if you don't understand that, like your brain is like the set of glasses in which you perceive the world through and it's sending you information, then like you're going to live your life and you're going to live your life from this perspective of, you know, you're never going to have any sense of control. Like it's always going to be the outside world that is controlling you and you have no ability to change it. And for me, when I realized that, oh, 
I have this concept of like a brain that's sending me information. So if I have this brain and I can change this brain, then it can change and give me different information, which can change the quality of my life and what I think about myself and what I believe about myself. And so like when I experienced like that small realization on like that night, I specifically remember just like feeling like an overwhelm of like emotion. And I remember just like running home and I remember running home and going to my apartment and getting in the door and going to the bathroom. And I remember looking at myself in the bathroom mirror and just like slowly starting to realize that, you know, like the last like three months or so at that time, that's really where where my mental health kind of like really deteriorated. I got depressed over like a three month period. I gained something like 75 pounds over like a three month period. And so when I looked at myself in the mirror, I kind of just kind of had this moment of like clarity of just like, Mark, like you're in this position right now in your life. I don't even know how I got here, but like, this is the situation. And let me just like focus on things one by one, you know? And, and I remember that was a moment. And then for example, an, another moment that I remember is that I remember, you know, starting to understand a little bit about like food and I remember, you know, changing my diet and I remember I lost all the weight. And I remember having this moment where, you know, I was in college at the time and this was like right at the start of the year. So I remember like getting to like the first day of college, like the second year and like looking at myself in the mirror. It wasn't the same mirror, but in this sort of a similar way, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, wow, like I made a decision to say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to lose weight. I looked at my body and I was like, Mark, you did it. Like you did the goal. And I remember that for me was also a very defining moment because that for me was like the first reinforcement of like change of like, oh, wow, I actually can change my life. And it was like a great moment of like great positive feedback loop that I think set up for a lot of other, you know, healthy habits that I formed. And so those two moments come to mind, John. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. And when you were talking about having those negative thoughts, we call those in the counseling world, cognitive distortions. And a cognitive distortion is something that you think is true, but it's not really true. And it influences how you feel and then ultimately how you behave. And so if you feel, or if you, if your cognitive distortion is focused on, I'm no good, I'm a failure, the world is coming to an end. If you focus on that, then it influences how you feel. And then you might feel a lot of anxiety. So when you have a cognitive distortion with social anxiety, for instance, we call mind reading. And you just know you're going to make a fool of yourself and embarrass yourself. And everybody's going to look at you and, and make fun of you. And then that creates the anxiety and the behavior is I'm not going to put myself in that position again. And so I'm going to withdraw or I'm never going to be in a social situation again. And so what you described very eloquently is that you had multiple cognitive distortions for a long time. But there was moments in your life where you realized, and you may have not have been able to say, oh, I'm having a cognitive distortion. But there was times in your life where it was defining in a fact that you were confronting those cognitive distortions. So instead of telling yourself or thinking to yourself, well, what if, and then automatically assuming the worst, what if something bad happens? There was a time when you switched it to what if something good happens. 
just like when you said you looked at yourself in the mirror and it was like, well, what if, what if I started eating healthy? What if, if I start to work at and learn more about mental health and you, you went from, from those cognitive distortions and have them manage you to you managing those feelings. You just really define it really well. And I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about when you made that decision to start eating healthy and the nutrition and how that piece came into your life. You're pursuing being a certified nutrition coach. Really interesting to see how that came about and kind of what your goals are with that. Yeah. So first off, thank you so much for talking about that, like the cognitive distortion and uh, like something that really completely changed the way that I look at life is when I saw this thing called a, uh, I think it's called a cognitive bias codex. I think you might've seen it. And it's basically like this whole chart and it like literally shows you all these different like cognitive biases and cognitive distortions and like these different like rules really that your brain has created to assume reality based on a limited amount of information. And it really is like mind blowing when you see it all laid out like that. So like, thank you for mentioning that. I totally forgot to to mention that. That was like also a key piece and something that really changed for me. So for me, when I first started to be like, hey, I want to lose weight, I want to be healthy. It was simple, but at the same time, it was also like one of the most confusing things that I ever did. And I remember like going on Google and and like typing in like, what's the best diet to eat? And then just like literally seeing like 1200 different, you know, results. And I remember experimenting with different things. I experimented on like a, on like a vegan diet. I experimented with all different kinds of diets. And I honestly, like I made different mistakes (laughs) along my journey. I, you know, fell trap into some different forms of misinformation around nutrition. And like, what I learned was that this is like one of the biggest obstacles that's stopping people. Because a lot of the times, like if you do what I did, you search what kind of diet, you're going to like fall down all these different rabbit holes. And a lot of the times, you know, there isn't such thing as like a one universal healthy diet that works for everyone. And at the same time, it's like all these different choices, all these different pieces of information that says, oh, no, eat this, don't eat that, eat it at this time, or no, eat it, only eat once a meal, eat five times a day. There's so many different things out there where I think a lot of people, they're just like, hey, I'm just going to like keep eating whatever I'm doing because all this information is very confusing and very exhausting, you know? And so I definitely fell down that rabbit hole. But for me, like the real passion and I think the real power of nutrition is like, there's like a unfolding field of study called nutritional psychiatry. And like, for example, I've had a few different people on my podcast, one of them by the name of Dr. Drew Ramsey, where like there really is like an emerging field of science called nutritional psychiatry. And essentially the idea behind it is that our brain is what consumes a lot of like different nutrients and proteins and fats and carbohydrates that we eat on a regular basis. Like our brain is very, very fuel intensive. It requires fuel and it's very picky about it as well. And so basically nutritional psychiatry is this idea that scientists have sort of like distilled down. There's like a handful of different nutrients, different like compounds that your body basically like needs to eat through food 
in order to ensure like maximum brain function. Now, does this mean like, oh, if, if you eat a salad, like your depression is going to go away? No, that's not what I'm saying. And also at the same time, it's like, hey, if you eat ice cream, all of a sudden, that's not going to give you anxiety, you know? And so not to play on like either extreme here, but this idea of nutritional psychiatry, it really is so powerful. And it's, it's especially powerful because people actually see very quick results with it if they can find a plan and find guidance that works for their lifestyle. And so like, for example, for me, when I was sort of like following like a nutritional, a sort of a brain healthy diet, I remember within like two weeks, like all of a sudden, you know, like feeling like I have like maybe 5%, 10% more energy. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, I have 10% energy. Now, like going outside for like a walk is not that strenuous. So then I would like go outside for a walk and I continuously eat healthy. And then I realized like, oh, hey, actually like my digestion is actually much better, you know? So then now I have even more energy. And then it's like, hey, now I've, you know, I've got energy. My digestion is working well. I've got a little bit more energy to go outside and go for a walk. Now, all of a sudden, like I notice, I'm like sleeping 10% better. Like now someone, for example, for me, who's had like sleeping problems their entire life, it's like a little bit easier. And then now you're sleeping like 10% better. Now you're waking up with even more energy. And then what happens is like you, you sit down to work or let's say you sit down to read a book or you sit down to try to meditate. And then now your focus is actually like 20% better because like a lot of people don't know so much of your focus has to do with the state of your brain health, which is often overlooked and neglected. And so all of a sudden you have like all these compound effects that are happening that just make everything else easier. It makes, you know, showing up to appointments easier. It makes you have like that 10% ability to be a little bit more confident, which then, you know, starts to give you the energy to do the things that are going to make someone confident. And it starts like this entire chain reaction. And it really comes from like a very simple principle of just trying to eat a brain healthy diet that fits your lifestyle. It's, you know, a lot of people don't make that connection of like eating certain foods with your mental health. Or a lot of the times people sort of dismiss this as like, oh yeah, you've just got to exercise and eat healthy. And there's so many different myths around food of, oh, eat this kind of food. Don't eat this kind of food that I think has just confused so many people alongside like the multi-billion dollar health and wellness industry that basically like comes up with a new diet every year to confuse people. And then there's different people out there who also have like eating disorders that, you know, have really been like used by food marketing companies and have really like twisted their psychology. It's very sad to see how like people have been led down a path to saying, oh, oh, you know, the only way to be healthy is to eat salads and and to eat celery with peanut butter and to starve yourself. And it, it's just so sad to see just different things that like the industry has done to make money and take advantage over people. And I hope that like over the coming years, like I can come into this space, especially with like this angle with anxiety and brain health to like really change the way that people like think and look about food in general and how it can affect their brain and their mind. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. 
Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. A hundred percent. I preach that a lot with my clients, and I call it the my big five. I have five things that are little things, minor things that can be hard to do, but they're not huge or not rocket science. And the five things, my big five, eat a healthy diet. Number one. Number two, drink plenty of water. Number three, get plenty of rest. Four, exercise. And five, be social. And the big five, those little increments and what you said earlier, spot on. Making small, minor steps, even if it's 1%, 5%, 10%, because that is going in the right direction. And I call those micro wins. And when you can win on small little increments, that builds your confidence. And over time, as your confidence rises, and you said this, then you're, you're at a level where you can really start making traction with your mental health. Boom. I'm glad you do what you do. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been doing this for a little while. But here's what I'm wondering. if Can you tell us a little bit about what exactly is a certified nutrition coach? Yeah. So for example, someone like you who's a therapist or maybe even someone who's a doctor, right? A lot of the times like, yeah, everyone advises their patients, their clients to eat healthy. But the truth is it's, it's very complicated. It may not be complicated for some people, but in terms of like actually implementing the lifestyle changes while also knowing like accurate information, basically a nutrition coach coaches someone on how to actually implement all like these little steps in terms of nutrition into like their diet, into their lifestyle, both from like a, like an information standpoint of like, Hey, you know, based on the information you told me, like you know, you should probably be eating this, maybe even like, you know, helping them take certain supplements, helping them figure out different myths that they maybe believe. And then also, you know, helping them reinforce that behavior change. So it's kind of like the actual application of how someone can do it. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I think this is probably like the most, aside from therapists, (laughs) this is probably like the most like needed, I think, profession in America, because like there's so many doctors, psychologists, therapists, you know, so many people who tell their clients and patients to eat healthy, and maybe they even tell them what to eat. But the difference between actually applying that is a completely different skill set that honestly is almost impossible for the average person to just figure out on their own because of like modern food because of marketing, it has made it like so psychologically confusing for people. So people like me, we study it and we study the industry. We study the science, the studies, trying to stay up to date on those and then just try to help them master and connect that behavior change 
into their nutrition lifestyle every day. I love it. And coming from somebody who has experienced social anxiety, depression makes it even more impactful because you're not just talking about knowledge. You're talking about lifestyle. I mean, you, you lived it. And so that brings a whole nother level to what you offer people. So amazing. Well, Mark, keeping an eye on our time here. And one of the things I like to ask my guests towards the end of the episode, I, I talk a lot about self-care and the importance of self-care. And I would love to know what are some things that you do for self-care? John, my entire life is self-care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do so many different things. And like some of my favorite things, for example, are, you know, like I love cooking. I love putting on some music, maybe like inviting some of my friends or cooking for my friends or my family and just like having like a great like social time while involving like cooking and food. It's like a very beautiful process. And I think a lot of the times too, like when you study like the development of like humans and, and whatnot, like so much of our social time was when we were eating together, you know? And I think that's like a huge piece that a lot of us are missing today. And and there's obviously there's different factors that we can and can't control, but that's a big one. Another one too is like, I really enjoy making music. And this is something that I kind of like, I always had it internally deep within me and really started to like come out in like 2018. As I started to like know who I am more and as I started to heal more and really just kind of fix my mind, I just started to like write music. And that has been like one of the most powerful and like expressive things that I do honestly all the time. Like I feel like I, I think in music, like the way that I feel and think through life is through music. And a lot of the times like, you know, and I journal too, but like the same ways that, you know, people will journal, I'll often journal, but I'll do it in the forms of like making songs, <laughs> you know? And so it's a very, very powerful technique, especially because, you know, I believe that music is like one of the most powerful forces on earth. Like I believe that music can really, really help people's minds. And and there's also like a scientific mathematical framework too of like looking at how your ear like interprets different like musical sounding notes and then how your brain responds to it. It's like a whole science. It's very, very interesting. And so that's that's another one. Another one too is like, like sometimes what I'll do is like if I'm just like going on a walk or I'll just catch myself and I'll have free time. Honestly, what I'll do is I'll just go to my phone. I'll just like quickly like scroll through my texts and I'll just like find someone who I haven't talked to in a while and I'll just like call them. And a lot of times they don't respond. It's like 3 p.m. They're like in the middle of a meeting, but sometimes like random people do respond. And it's just like a great way for me to just like always make sure that like I'm staying connected and I'm being social and I'm just like checking up on other people because I think that's very, very important, you know? And I think doing that also helps me too. What about you? What do you do for self-care? Oh, wow. I've never had a guest ask me that on air. This is great. Way to turn it back on me. Yeah. So self-care is totally important to me. Absolutely. You know, my line of work day in and day out, I'm really meeting someone at their lowest point in their life and they're revealing to me their struggle. And sometimes their struggle can be very heavy. So as therapists, it is important for us 
to practice what we preach. So what I do, everything outdoors, everything outside, I love the outdoors. And uh, one of the, my favorite uh, things to do is go trail riding, bike riding on trails with my wife. In fact, in a little bit here, we're going to go trail riding and I cannot wait. I love doing that. I love hiking. I love just doing anything in nature. And I also really enjoy urban, doing things in urban. So here in St. Louis, we have a large park. It's called Forest Park. It's actually larger than Central Park. And uh, there are all kinds of things to do there. And in the summertime, we go to a play. It's an outdoor amphitheater called the Muni. So we go and watch live musical, Broadway musicals during the summer. Love it. Just absolutely love it. So thank you for asking me. I like listening to music. I don't make music, but I love, <laughs> and I like to cook as well. I look at myself as more of a sous chef than a chef. I just chop up whatever my wife tells me to chop up and I do it. <laughs> so what's like your favorite thing to cook? Oh my goodness. Wow. One of my favorites, it's a Mediterranean dish, and we get all fresh, like fresh peppers. I chop peppers and onions. We have the sauce that we make, and then we have chicken thighs, and then we let it broil, and then we bring it out of the oven, and then we put in uh, olives and feta cheese, and it's the most amazing texture and taste that you'll ever taste in your life. Love it pair it with a nice glass of wine. It's amazing. So that's definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You, you need a good meal for your taste buds and for your brain. Yes, absolutely. Completely agree. Well, Mark, I wanted to thank you again for coming on my show, but I also, before we leave, people are listening to you and they maybe are experiencing some, some anxiety or depression themselves. And maybe what you said was really really impactful for them. Maybe they're curious. Is there a way that someone, if they wanted to reach out to you, like, do you have a website or social media that would be great for someone to, to reach out to you? You know, man, I'm actually not on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine that. No, no, I'm, I'm everywhere. I got a website. It's just my first and last name.com, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y.com. I have an Instagram. It's my first and last name. I've got a LinkedIn, my first and last name. What else do I got? I've got a TikTok. I don't really use it though. And that's it. Yeah, you know, I've got a I've got a book people can check out. It's called Screw Being Shy. It's on Amazon. It's also an audio book as well. And yeah, feel free to reach out. Happy to help anyone answer any questions. John, I appreciate you. This was a blast. Thank you for making my uh Wednesday night. Oh, you're you're absolutely welcome. <laughs> So my pleasure, always my pleasure. So I wanted to just thank my listeners. I know some of you are brand new. Some of you have been around for years and I just really appreciate you. You are the reason why I have this show. And I hope you find value. And especially this episode with Mark, I hope it's been helpful for you. And I know that you're taking care of yourself. And that's one of the things I keep talking about is for you to keep working on your mental health. And so I want this show to be encouraging to you. So I really appreciate you. And the Mental Health Today show has been championing your mental health since 2015. Keep working, keep plugging away, and take care of yourself. 
Bye-bye.